Good morning. Welcome to the auditorium as we uh, continue in our second week of Advent. So thank you for joining us as we push into the theme of our season this year of generosity and silence as we push into quiet. A bit of a calendar cultural move, um, but that's what we're called to be, not of this world. So thank you. Look at the great generosity. If you've had a chance or get a chance, go over to the sanctuary. There's literally pallets of food. Uh, so thank you very much for your generosity as we go and help the food bank. It's also been fun for those of uh, you that were with us last week. We did a reverse offering for those online as well. And uh, we gave out over $30,000. And it has been fun to see some of the stories come in of how you are multiplying that and how you're being led to use that. And just a, a couple quick stories. One, uh, one of the, the kids that took $20 put a social media campaign out and made it over $2,000 in three days to give to a missionary serving in one of the hardest reached places on earth. Another person was going to say, you know what, I really feel led to buy coats. Took a $20 bill, said, well, I'll multiply that and make sure I can buy a coat or two. They went to Costco and coats were, winter coats were on sale for $20. They bought 16 coats to help people. Isn't it just like God to make coats $20, which is what we gave out? So just a couple of the many stories that are coming in. So thank you for your generosity. Continue to share your stories with us as we see how God is on the move. So as we start this second week of Advent, uh, as one of the devotionals I was going through, it was reminding me, and I think some of us know this, but Advent is to Christmas as Lent is to Easter. It's a time to slow down. That's why we want to push into the quiet to prepare ourselves. So we are in Isaiah. We're going to continue there this morning. And as Tom mentioned last week, as we read the prophets, not only Isaiah, but others, there are these multiple layers of meaning. Meaning for that time, and as we zoom out, we take a wider angle look, there's things for us as well. So if you want to, you can go to Isaiah chapter 40. We'll get there in a second. But I want to unpack a few things this morning to prepare us, to help you know where the Israelites were at as we start this story. But even before that, I want to give you one of my own personal stories that will hopefully relate. I hope it connects things for you. If not, you can tell me afterwards and give me that feedback. But I want to take you back to my junior high years. So as any good Lutheran child would do, you went through a thing called confirmation. So two years with Pastor John Allen, understanding theology and getting some seeds planted that probably led to where I'm at today. But at the end of that journey, he invited us, there was 12, 15 of us, to go to Colorado on a trip, camping. It sounded amazing. My family went to, my brother's here this morning, we went to Colorado a lot uh, as a family, but it always involved a bed, a shower, all those things, comforts, mainly like home, but in the mountains. But we were going to go camping. And six boys took him up on that adventure. And as we traveled in the minivan through the deserts of Nebraska to Colorado, anticipation built. And we were ready to put up the tent and camp outside in the middle of summer. We got there. We set up the tent in this meadow. We started exploring, going through, you know, going through streams and up in the mountains and as it got closer to night, that's when things changed. Because we were in the wilderness. 
First of all, we tried to build a fire, but most of the stuff was wet, so we couldn't get things going. We kind of got a fire going. For those of you that don't know this, like we didn't um, when you're from Iowa, in the mountains in the summer, it still gets cold at night. So as we went to bed that night, uh, we had all brought shorts and t-shirts. I think by about 10 o'clock, we had every piece of clothing that we brought that day on. And those six, boy, uh, six boys were probably huddled close, closer than most sixth grade, you know, the uh, eighth grade boys would ever want to be in one tent to try and stay warm. We weren't prepared. And the noises. Have you ever been out in the wilderness camping? Every little noise. What is that? Not only are we freezing to death, but I think we're going to be an icy pop for a mountain lion. Right? That was crossing our minds. But luckily, we all made it, and our pastor had the wherewithal to get a cabin for the next two nights that we were there because uh, we were ill-prepared. But why am I telling this story? The wilderness, the wilderness can be a scary place. You're at the whims of the weather, animals, and other things, and that is where the Israelites find themselves this morning. As we enter our passage, they knew a lot about the wilderness. They were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. Then after they got out, they saw the Red Sea parted this amazing miracle. But within days, they fell back away and didn't trust God. And we see this all throughout the Old Testament. They were told to remember they were once slaves. They were at the bottom, but God was there for them. But unfortunately, they didn't remember. Throughout kings and judges, we see this pattern of repent and turn away from their sins and then slowly fade back to those same sins. And we see that today. Those continued slow drifts away from what the Bible says, bending to the culture narrative of the day, that everything is okay when God clearly says there is a right and wrong. We need to believe what is in this, what's in the Bible. But God here in this story, as we'll unpack here, this isn't what he had in mind for them. You were supposed to be a people of love and justice. So are we. But you're a people of adultery and injustice. So are we. And like my sermon this summer in the sanctuary, if you saw it, I had two physical doors with life and death on them. That's where we're leading. We have to know that. We're either choosing Jesus and what this says and leading to life, eternal life with Jesus, or death and eternal separation from God. Now, God in his own right, remember he's creator, we are the created, he says to these Israelites, enough's enough. And like a parent, it's time for some consequences for your actions. And so the Babylonians come in and take them on another wilderness journey. They are taken to Babylon, just south of modern-day Baghdad. And that's where we meet Isaiah in this chapter. In this exile, he looks toward the future. He helps them see that. Because God didn't want them to remain stranded there, far, far away from God. He doesn't want us to remain stranded far away from God. And I don't know about you, but that, that, uh, that context of the wilderness stirs up a longing for comfort. When I was on that trip, I was praying for a blanket. <laughs> I was praying for a heater, all kinds of things to make me comfortable. God wants to bring comfort 
Because you know what I did later in that night? I prayed, God, just, just help me through the night because I knew he could bring comfort for the long run. And maybe that's what Pastor John was trying to teach us in that moment. Or maybe he was just oblivious as well and just excited to take a bunch of uh, high, or soon-to-be high school boys on this trip. And I don't know where you're coming from this morning, what wilderness you may be facing as you come this morning, but maybe God feels distant in the busyness of Christmas, but he wants to meet you. And so if I can have uh, the second slide. Sermon in a sentence and really two. Are you seeking to be comfortable or comforted this Advent season? One is fleeting, the other is eternal. So now for our text. If you want to join me, we'll be in Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 11. Hear the words of our Lord. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the deserts a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain will be made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Lord of our God, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young People of God, these are the words of God. Thanks be to God. See, as we're in this Advent season of anticipation, we are preparing ourselves for the promise of Jesus to be comforted and eternal hope. As we saw, if you joined us for the Revelation series, that is the promise for eternity. That is the hope. You see, that is where Jesus wants us to be. That is where in these verses started, they meet us in our longing for comfort. But I wonder if, if you read the Christmas story, maybe you're new to the faith and you read the Gospels, do you see comfort? Because as I read them, I really see discomfort. Bear with me for a little bit as we think of the Christmas story. First, there's Mary, 12 to 15 years old, goes to her parents, says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant, but it was God. <laughs> That'd be an uncomfortable story. About Joseph, in that time, probably should leave her, sees an angel that was terrifying in himself, but then has to stick beside and say, no, I'm going to still marry her. There's probably some discomfort in those conversations with his family. 
How about getting on a donkey at seven, eight months pregnant, ladies that have had children and heading to Bethlehem? That'd be pretty uncomfortable. Being in a manger, in a cave, having a baby, that'd be uncomfortable. The shepherds, terrified by the angels, that would be uncomfortable. Or if you fast forward the story to the apostles, leaving family, friends, their businesses, and giving up their life. And how about Jesus? He left heaven for a period of time. You get the point. I would say that if you read the story, it's maybe not about comfort. It seems to be about discomfort. But Jesus brings a disruption. And as we go back to our story here, the Jewish people were in exile. Jeremiah, another prophet, paints a picture in his Lamentations that Israel stretches out his arm, their arm for comfort and no one is there. No one is there. Do you feel that way this morning? Perhaps you're like me. Maybe you've lost a loved one this year. Many of you know, and I appreciate, thank you for the notes and, and that sent that I lost my last uncle at the end of September, and I had the honor of doing his funeral in October. And uh, about a, my grandpa's birthday, he turned 99, was just a couple days after his funeral. But about a week before, when uh, just before my uncle passed away, he'd called and I didn't take the call. I missed that last opportunity. But I have a voicemail. One in his jolly voice, he was a 300-pound man, and he just goes, you know, he goes, hey, it's your Uncle Den, as if caller ID and his voice wouldn't give it away. So I have that to listen to. And at the end, he always ended with, I love you, kid. And I can continue to listen to that. So maybe that's something you're struggling with this holiday. Perhaps there's an illness this morning that you don't see hope in. Perhaps there's some relationships as you look forward to family gatherings that you're just like, whew, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Maybe you're wondering what this whole God thing is. I don't know where you're coming from this morning. Maybe you bought some new things on Black Friday and you're waiting for them to arrive or open up on this Christmas even season because you're looking for something comfortable. Those things aren't bad. But if I can have the next slide, please. Don't settle for comfortable when what we need is to be comforted by Jesus. We all need that. And that's what we see in these first few verses. Verses one and two again. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. You're in exile, you're in bondage, but your service will be completed. I haven't forgot you. Your sin has been paid for and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Perhaps, just perhaps, when we are lost in the wilderness of our lives and don't see the direction we are going, that is where God wants us because he wants to comfort us. I don't know about many of you, but many times in the hard times of life, that's where God has met me the most. If I could have the next slide. And, and comfort, what does comfort mean? As you look it up, it's come alongside to fortify or strengthen, to build up, to point to a better or brighter day, to have hope. That is what Isaiah is doing here. 
pointing to a brighter day, pointing to a hope for the future. Yes, there are consequences for sins. We see them all our lives, but God never gives up on you. Do you know that this morning? God never gives up on you. He never gives up on me. I'm thankful for that. I'm a work in progress. He seeks us and wants us to turn to him even in our wilderness, even when we long to be comfortable and embrace the world for a period of time. He wants us. This Advent season, we all, I'm guessing, are going to be struggling at some point. Tears of joy and tears of sorrow and loss. The holidays have a way of bringing that out. Why, God? Why? But God shows up and brings comfort and joy. The next few verses. A voice of one calling in the wilderness John the Baptist. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, comfort is coming. It's coming to you. That is the prediction that we see here. They will be taken out of exile. And if I can have the next slide. In the midst of your wilderness, in the midst of the consequences of your decisions, or perhaps just in the circumstances of our broken world, Jesus is coming. He's preparing the way. This is a foreshadowing of John the Baptism, Baptist as we see in the Gospels. Prepare, get ready. You know what? You don't have to leave the wilderness to meet with God. God uses our time in the wilderness to bring life, amazing life. Here we see God is building a highway, a highway to you, each one of us. So get ready to encounter God here in Pella, Knoxville, Oskaloosa this Advent season. Now God isn't saying, and my kids have heard this a lot and I'm learning not to say it, God is not saying, suck it up, buttercup. It's not what he's saying. I heard that a lot as a child growing up. That is what we deserve. And he could say that. He probably should say that, but he brings the good news of Jesus. You see, we shouldn't avoid the wilderness. It will come in a broken world. We walk the stance that we're supposed to be in the world of not and not of it. It's a delicate balance. And we walk that all the time here on staff, as we push into things. We don't, we can't rethink our theology in such a way that we change scripture's interpretation to support our lifestyle. We can't. We're all fighting something. We all are broken. Whether it's anger issues, gluttony, alcoholism, drug issues, sexual issues, we have to repent and turn away. Nothing should claim our identity except Christ. We all have areas of struggles, things we must give up as following God will cost us something. So we need to be moved from selfishness to generosity, to be dependent on our creator for our identity, or we get too comfortable and it's all about us, what we did or what we want to do. And every man did as they saw fit. Right back to Judges. 
Then we get to go in the wilderness for silent and seek God's voice, whether we want it or not. God, we need you to show up this morning. That's my prayer for all of us here and online. God, help us choose faith even when we don't want it. We all need comfort because we are separated from God. We need to take time and schedule it. Schedule it if you need to. He is the lion and the lamb, strong and tender. He comes with mercy and might, which leads to the last part of our verses this morning. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flocks like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. See, here we, need, we see we need to get in touch with our own grassiness. You feel like grass this morning? What's he saying? We are fragile. We won't last. We're mortal. But then Jesus breaks through and we get in touch with God. Shout it out. Bring the good news to Bussy, Peary, New Sharon, Monroe, whatever, wherever you are from. Do you realize there's no other religion that has a personal God that's come to earth and understands our struggles, our pains, but without sin? And we're going to have rewards. That's what it says. We're going to have rewards. As we learned in, our, in Revelation, when the new earth and the new heavens come. And God will meet you in your wilderness this season. He will. Now, I want to be careful. That's not, we're not prosperity gospel. He's not going to give us everything he wants. And ultimate healing only comes after we die. But he will meet us, even if it's for a few minutes of peace and rest, but you have to take the time to push in to quiet. Schedule it if you have to. It's okay. I'm a doer. It's hard for me to be. I've shared that before. So I've had to schedule and it's gotten more and more natural to spend time with God. But it's okay to schedule it if that's what it takes in your busy schedule. God says he will feed his flocks. He will be our shepherd, protect us, guide us, provide for us. He knows our names. That's what it says. He knows your name. He wants a relationship with you no matter where you are in your wilderness journey. Even if you're far from God, he wants you. Folks, as we prepare for this Advent season, we need to be real. And I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to have you reflect on it here in just a second. Where are you at with your relationship with Jesus? Where are you at? Is it something you kind of do sometimes? More of an insurance policy? Or have you given your life to Jesus? Are you spending time getting to know him and letting him know you? 
to know your only identity, your true identity is in him, not your stuff, not your positions, not your job. Come and get comforted by Jesus. Rest in his promises. His truth will set you free. That is the plea this morning. He wants you. He wants you. He wants all of us this morning. So I know it's hard and we're trying to make space this season. We're going to just take one to two minutes. And I know it's not a long period of time, but with no distractions, no music, and just sit in silence. And all you have to do is just say, Jesus, do you have something for me today? Is it a picture? Is it a word? So we're going to just take a minute or two in silence. We slowly come out of that. I know it's hard. I would encourage you to take five minutes each day, maybe work your way up a little bit to sit in that silence. What's helped me is I wasn't a journaler until about maybe 10 years ago, but even just taking a journal and writing some things, visions or words that come to my head in there and reflecting on those. God of the universe wants to spend time with you. Push into that. I want to give us a, another picture as we think about these verses and what they could mean to us and the multiple layers that are there. And I don't know how many, if I can have a slide, I don't know how many of you have one, a new fancy dancy phone. I'm a techie for those that don't know that. So I'm going to geek out for a little bit. So some of the new phones, they have three cameras, three lenses. You can see it on the screen too. You know, one that's really close up, then there's a little wider angle and then there's a super wide angle. Well, when you look from this side, they all work seamlessly together. You can't tell when it's switching between one or the other, giving you a deeper, wider perspective. And that's what we see in these scripture passages. First, there's yes, that focus view. Hey, you're in exile. God is coming. And within 100 years, we see that. They are taken back. They are restored out of exile. But if we go to that next wider angle, it talks about prepare the way. He's talking about the Messiah coming and John the Baptist. So we see that. And if we go wider yet, he's talking about the second coming and the future and what our hope is in. So as you reflect on the anticipation, the promise and prediction of Jesus in Advent, will you take time in silence to hear his personal pleas to you? He wants to bring you comfort that nothing in this world can satisfy. He longs for that. So no matter where you're at this morning, may he bring you comfort. 
and joy. And just a few applications, the worship team can start making their way up here. So if I can have that last slide. So just a few application pieces, some in service, some not. I've been reminded um, there is a prayer station back here, some cards. If you'd like to write a prayer for the, to send along with the food, uh, please, please feel free to do that this morning. There'll be communion. But can you find and schedule some times of quiet this week? Even if it's just a couple. Don't feel like you have to do it every day. Love, I hope you do. But just find a few times. Could you join us Wednesday night? We have worship and prayer each Wednesday. Come join us in that. Just rest. Rest in that. Continue your radical generosity. Continue to multiply those gifts. Continue to share those stories. Helping others that are in the wilderness. Every one of us, every day, can help each other. Blessings. Blessings.